husband Jody. <laughs> um, yeah, this week was amazing. So we came in, um, well, first of all, we have a nonprofit called Project 319. And one of the projects that we do is a parenting class um, that is based out of we can only give with what we have. You know, you can only parent with what's within you. And once that starts to change and love comes to help you with that, then you start to parent better. So, and we also um, have had a wonderful opportunity to um, present this curriculum in our local detention centers and prisons, which has had such a um, wonderful response with the men and the women. So, the reason why we do the conferences um, is to come in and then um, continue on with the prisons and the detention centers. So. But yes, and also Jody and I um, help out with Father Heart Ministries. I'm sure that you saw there is an A school coming up in about a week and a half. Am I right? Yep. Um, which really changed mine and Jody's life in this revelation that God is our Father, and He's been our Father since the beginning, and He wants to come in and Father us. And so if it's on your heart and you not have yet decided if you want to go, I'm here to highly recommend that you come to the school because Andy and Ganilla, who are leading it, is, they are just amazing if you've met them. I don't know if, I'm, he's been here to preach, so if you know Andy, he is, um, they both carry this revelation. Just, they've, they've done it. So I highly recommend that you come if you're feeling it inside. No pressure, okay? Yep, and you can talk to Mark about that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So I, um, it was funny. Well, I loved what you were saying about letting go. There was a part of your word that you have dur during prayer this morning where you said it was almost like God was giving us a cho choice to let it go. And so when you said that, um, that is part of what's on my heart this morning. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I heard it. So definitely. <laughs> but um, so I just want to share about... I think it was July, August of 2022, I had an opportunity with Father Heart Ministries to go to an event called The Gathering. And um, Jody and I were supposed to go together, but unfortunately my son, he is my stepson, but he's my son, um, his mother passed away. So at the last minute, we decided that it was better for Jody to stay with his son, and then I would just go on my own. And so, um, I went to the gathering, and it's a three-week event where we're just kind of immersed in a community-type setting at a retreat to experience the love of God as a father and just kind of going deeper. So while I was there, um, James and Denise Jordan, who started Father Heart Ministries, um, was leading the event with other leaders from around the world. But one of the things, you know when you're in a, in a, either in a conversation or you're at a meeting or you're hearing a teaching and for some reason God's highlighting something to you and sometimes he'll say it three or four times and then you're like, oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> well, that was my experience. And, and what had happened was um, Denise Jordan, who I love so much, she really does carry the mother heart of God because, you know, God is both masculine and feminine. So she carries that feminine attribute of who God is. And she kept making this comment, and the comment was, don't waste a good death. When God brings something to you and he shows you something that you need to die to, don't waste a good death. And I thought, oh, this is for me. This word is, this word is for me. And it was almost like Father was saying, hey, I have this invitation. Um, for you to let go of some things. And I felt like when I was preparing to come up here, I just felt like the Father was saying that he is inviting you to let go of some things that are hard to let go. It's an invitation, you know? And, and the beauty about the Father is it's up to you. And if you're not ready, he patiently waits for us and he will ask you again, right? Um, so returning from the gathering, there's that Proverbs um, 4.23 where it talks about the issues, of, the issues of your heart will eventually come out, I'm paraphrasing, 
and life things happen, and it's going to show itself, good or bad. You know, what's in our heart, if we're struggling, we can't hide it. It's going to end up coming out. And I just felt like God was saying, um, those things are starting to pop themselves up in your life, Shannon. And so I was like, okay. And I think I was at a point of trusting him to let that happen. Right? So um, I think one of the things that he was really pointing out to me is I needed to die to some disappointment some disappointments of what I thought it should be, but what it wasn't supposed to be. In all areas, not just spiritually, in my family, in my childhood, everywhere. He was saying, I want to, I want you to die to some disappointment. And you know, as a child, I was quite the optimistic child. I'm, I'm a daydreamer. I could daydream all day. I, I have to stay focused in life sometimes <laughs> because I could look out my window and dream of all the things that most likely won't happen and and some of that this is how I was um, of course we all have things that happen there was some trauma in my life and um, the way that I wanted to deal with it is just absolutely ignore it because that feels the best way to handle it sometimes so um, but I am a daydreamer I was always optimistic but out of that pain, one of the things that I learned was to say yes to everything. I was a, oh, Shannon, can you do this? Yes. Shannon, would you like to help me with this? Absolutely. You know, I just, that's all I knew was to say yes. Because in that, I needed the approval. Right? And so I love what Stephen Hill says. He's one of the leaders of Father Heart. He says, sometimes in life, there comes a point where God needs you to say no to everything. No, thank you. No, I can't do that. I'm so sorry I can't do that. No, I can't do that. Because then what happens when it's time to say yes, it actually means something. Right? Like we, and I could, I was, <laughs> it's so funny because I was thinking of that phrase um, from Stephen and it just started like marinating my heart and I started thinking, okay, what's going on with my heart? What's happening? And at the end of the day, what I realized is I just needed a source. And my source wasn't him. Are you following me? Like, God is source. He is the source of all things. And he wants you, he wants you to come to him because he is source. Right? And I was over the years, and even in my Christianity, Jody and I both were saved as adults. But even in our Christianity, um, all we were doing was looking for a source. And sometimes I, I, I believe and I know that I was hoping that I could find source in a person, which is good. I mean, obviously, someone will pray for you, and there's the prophetic, and all these things happen. And, you know, you hear God speaking to you. But the only reason why those things happen is because he wants you to come to him. He doesn't want you to go to them. He wants you to come to him. He is source. Right? It's like Jane and Mark, I just love them so much. And I feel like part of your calling as a couple is to invite people to the source. To redirect when maybe they're leaning more towards affirmation and man, your heart is to take them back to love. And I love that about both of you. Yes, it's wonderful. Um, my hunger for approval started to show the deficit in my heart. So I don't have a whiteboard, but that's okay. I love whiteboards. No, it's okay. I'll just do my fingers. So there's your heart. This is, when I say heart, this is who you are as a person, the real you. Obviously, there's parts of us that are not real because we protect ourselves, but there is a person in you that God created that is the real you. When you were created, he knew exactly what it was, right? But in my heart, what was happening was it wasn't filling because there was a love deficit, things I've held on to, right? And I needed to be loved in those places because obviously, as you know, the love of God, it's a substance. This morning when we were worshiping, I was like, wow, I can tangibly feel the love of God in the room. And outward expression was little tears coming down but also I could feel it, like it's like my cells were coming alive as Jane was worshiping. 
It's a substance. It's real. So when I say love, I mean God, okay? Because, you know, it says God is love. Right. <laughs> easy. That's so easy. But I could, you can feel it. The love of God is a substance. It's, it's something. It's not just a teaching or a word or, you know, it, it is those things, but it's a substance that comes to you because love, love is a downward flow, right? It's not an upward thing. We worship because we're grateful that he's loving us. Love pours down, right? And for Jody and I, we went to our first Father Heart A school about 10 years ago, and there was lots of stuff that was coming out. And we started to have this revelation that God was our Father, and he wanted to love us. And then out of that, he wanted us to walk in sonship like Jesus Christ. And this was a process, right? But what I've realized when I look back from the gathering, he's, he's so sneaky. He, he's so gentle and he's so tender, but he's, he just, I can see, you know, you can look back in your walk with him and you can see the trajectory of where he's taking you. And you have these aha moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I can see what you were doing, right? And he, and he started to show me that the starting point of it all but there was this scripture that came to me a few days ago, and I just wanted to share it with you. So six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Lazarus's house, and this is what it says in John 12. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas, I can never pronounce his last name, you know who I'm talking about, who was later to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus said, or Jesus replied. It was intended that she, should, that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And I've been, I was thinking about this story, and I, and I realized that sometimes part of our heart can be like Judas, right? I mean, we do. A little piece of our heart can be like Judas. And, and Judas had his own agenda. It was quite misplaced, but he had his own agenda to see Jesus build this kingdom of God on earth. But the beauty of this whole passage is Mary did not have an agenda. Judas had an agenda, but Mary did not. You see, Mary's anointing is not for success. Actually, if you read the passage, if you read the passage, it's for burial. She knows something. There's something about Mary that she knows something about. Something needs to die for it to be resurrected. Right? She knows, in this situation, the beauty of death and resurrection. And I've been thinking about this because I want to know the beauty of death and resurrection. Right? We, cling, we always want to cling to what we know because it's so scary to die to something in us, right? It's so it's scary. It, it can be intimidating when God comes and he says, listen, that thing in you that's happening, I need you to die to it, right? And it can feel scary, and it was definitely scary for me, right? So in this process of the letting go, there's a few things that happened to me, and there's a lot of things that happened, but I just feel like there's only a few things that I want to share today. First of all, in the letting go, um, I had to welcome my disappointment. I had to welcome the sadness. We talked about it in the class. I call it the great sadness. When something happens and you come to a place and you're not in denial anymore and you're not trying to make bargains with God and you say, okay, I need to deal with this, and it makes me sad. Right? 
So this great sadness came, and I knew I had to let go. And, and I'm realizing that there's so many moments, what really needed to happen was I just needed to be loved. But I wasn't ready for that, right? And there was a deep disappointment in my heart. And there was a loss, and I needed to grieve it. And so I just want to say, when God comes in and he says, I see this, he's saying to you, hey, you know, you don't have to question it. I, I'm not looking at it. I, it doesn't bother me. I love you. Why don't we mourn it together? There's no time limit on it. There's no time limit on mourning something that you have to let go. Some of me, some of it, I mourned for two years. Some of it, I still can feel it. And that's okay, right? He's inviting you, it's okay, to mourn it. And it's so funny, when, when this happens, sometimes that makes people around you very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, they want to fix it. What's going on with you? And I had multiple conversations where people would say, um, Shannon, why aren't you putting your joy on? Put your joy on, Shannon. And I would say, no, I, I can't, right? Or they would say things like, Come on, Shannon, you know this is part of the plan. It's part of God's plan. Because they didn't want to connect that I was having this stuff happening. It was hard for them. Maybe part of it was it was bringing up stuff in them. Right? I think naturally what we want to do when someone's hurting is we want to fix it. But one of the things I love about Father Heart Ministries is when someone's weeping or something's happening in their heart, what happens is sometimes it's a good time to comfort them, but sometimes God says, don't do that because you're going to interrupt what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. I would hear things like, Shannon, come, pull it together. It's all in God's hands. And, and, that, and those are good statements, but in that time I, it came from a different place. And that, that would frustrate me in moments. Um, <laughs> and, and a lot of times... What happens when you feel it, you know, someone, it's very scary, and it's almost like they want you to shut it down, shut down the pain, but love wants to come and touch the pain. He wants to come. It's almost like a picture of your heart, who you are, and he just wants to pick it up, and he wants to hold it, and for a while, he's wearing a pocket in his front of his shirt, and he sticks this in pocket closest to his heart, and he carries you through it. And sometimes it looks like nothing is being said, and there's no time limit on it, right? You know, one of the phrases, this is the last one I heard, was, Shannon, you need to put your boots on you need to tighten them up, and you need to press through this. You need to press forward. You need to move forward. And the thought I had in that response was, but what if I just took my boots off? What if I took them off? The way I like to look at it is my heart is like a home, and there's an entrance to my heart, and God knows the code, like how you get into Mark's house. He knows the code to my heart, which I, it's hard for me to remember, but Jody remembers the code. <laughs> but he has a code to come into my heart, right? And he comes in, and he knows my heart, and in that place of my heart, I can take my boots off, even if they're muddy and dirty and a mess, I can take them off, and I don't have to self-soothe myself or convince myself of what I need to do. I can just sit down and take my shoes off and just sit with him. And, and, and it's in that place, which I love, that love will come in and love will say, love will say hi. He'll say hi. He'll say, I see you. He'll say, I see you. And he'll say, you can feel that. Whatever you're feeling, you can feel that. Why is that bothering you so much? What's wrong? Right? Or he might even say, wait, stay right there. You can feel the struggle. It hurts. But just stay right there. Just wait a minute. Just stay. Just stay. And then something happens. And it comes. It's the place of like, I think in those moments, I think that was the place that I needed to be seen 
I needed to be known, I needed to be heard, and then I needed to be loved. Right? Hmm. I love this quote. There's a gentleman named Fred Buchner. And can I have a watermark? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Fred Buchner. Fred Buchner, this is what he says. It's a beautiful quote. He says, Whenever you find tears in your eyes, especially unexpected ones, it is well to pay, play, or pay close attention to them. They are not telling you something about the secret of who you are, but more often than not, God is speaking to you through them of the mystery of where you have come from and where you have been and where he is taking you. So he says, he says when you see the tears, pay close attention to them because God is showing you something in them, right? Most important, I think, in this time of grieving and great sadness and loss, there was a greater understanding, and, and Mark is so good about teaching this, and we teach it on the school, but, but there was this rev deeper revelation of the real love of the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Spirit just coming around me. Um, they call it the great dance of the three. But there was this real revelation that all three needed to come and sit with me in moments of my past and just comfort me and tell me, basically, you're okay and it's okay, right? I love it because it reminded me of the story of the woman at the well. Sometimes we look at that story when Jesus approaches her like he's there to let her know what she's done wrong, but I don't look at that story like that. I look at it like my experience. He came and sat with her and he loved her and he said, this is who you are. And of course she got so excited and told everybody. <laughs> that was what I'm doing today. <laughs> but basically what I heard him say to her is, I love you. When I read that story, I see I love you, right? So Jody and I have a farm, and in, on the farm we have a garden. And in this time of letting go, um, usually, it's a big garden, usually in the fall I clean up all the dead stuff, get it ready, and then in the spring I can start to plant. But what happened in this time, I didn't even want to do that. And Jody would come to me and he would say, honey, do you want to go out and get the garden ready? And I would say, no, <laughs> I just leave it. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna clean it up. I don't wanna clean up the garden. So sometimes I would walk outside, which was in our backyard, and I would just walk out there and I would stare at all of the dead stuff. And I would just look. <laughs> Jody would look out and I would be looking at all the things that had died. And there was something in me that was seeing something I had not seen before. And I didn't have to clean it up. Not yet. Right? Um, yeah. I think also in that time, and it remind, I thought of another story. Also in that time, um, it, was a, it was, you know when... Father comes, or when God comes to you, there's a time where he just wants you to sit in the quiet. And sometimes sitting in the quiet can feel really hard. Who in here has it been hard to sit quietly with God? <laughs> for me, I get distracted. So I can only go for so long. But part of it, too, is, is there's something in my heart, and I don't want to go there. Right? But the beauty about quiet is nothing can be hidden in the quiet. There's nothing in the quiet that can be hidden, right? And I love in John chapter 7, Jesus says, he lets, basically he just lets the disciples know that he will not be joining them at the Feast of the Booths. You can read the whole thing. He says, I'm not going with you, you know? And, and I believe in that moment when you read that, this is when Jesus Christ's ministry shifts and it changes. In that time, he went to be with God, and he needed to be hidden and with him. I believe that was the time that he realized that death and resurrection was about to come. 
I believe it. And I believe in that moment when he was with him, the revelation of that was coming to him. I mean, I may not be 100% accurate, but it does line up, right? Well, for me, I had to do that. I had to stay hidden in him because there was a direction that he was wanting to bring me that I was going in the opposite direction. And it was about death and resurrection, right? My mom came down, and like I said, I have a huge family of gardeners. My great aunt, who's 91, she gardens. Her name is Framma. She's from Georgia. Framma. She gardens. She's been gardening when I asked her. I said, Framma, when did you start gardening? She goes, the day I was born. <laughs> she, she just lived gardening. So my mom gardens too, and they would come up um, and visit me to help me prepare or bring plants. My, my, my great aunt loves to bring clippings of the plants she's grown that's been in the family for 150 years, and she wants you to continue to grow the plant, you know, and so she, they would bring things. Well, on one of the trips, um, excuse me, my mom brought poppy seeds. You know what poppies are? She brought poppy seeds and she said, let's go ahead and dig in the trench of your garden around the house and we're gonna plant them. And I said, oh, and so this is all happening in the time that father is like, we are gonna do this. And he plant, she plants the seeds and what happens is um, she walks around and she says, you know, there's something about poppies I have to tell you. And I said, what's that? She said, they will not grow for about a year, year and a half, so you will not see it. You will have to wait. So let's plant the seed and let's see what happens. Some may come up, some may not um, be able to produce fruit, but some will come up and she says, but this little seed needs to stay dormant for a year. Let me help you put it in there and it needs to stay dormant and it'll be okay. And it was like a big trust for me because, you know, spring came and I was like, you know, waiting for the seed to come up. But I had to wait, right? And I realized in that time of waiting, the greatest gift that, that God wanted to give me, and I love that Jane talked about it, was comfort. In the waiting, he said, can I comfort you? You know, because when you're on the pathway with God doing something, comfort is the pathway. Right? It's not a stop, like a rest stop. It is the pathway that you walk on is his comfort forever. And so what would happen for me is in those moments where I would feel afraid, not soothed, not secured, not loved, I would just close my eyes and say, okay, Father, will you come and comfort me? And sometimes that was like 10 times a day. And then some days it was maybe once a day. But my pathway was to go to him and just say, will you, I see that. Will you come and comfort me? Right? The thing about comfort, it's like, it's, I know we talked about a gift, that Mark said that God wants to give you a gift. And when he said that, my thought was, oh, the gift you want to give this morning is comfort. Like, I, I want to come and comfort you. That is my gift to you. It's free. I love you. I want to, it's a gift. He is the gift, right? Yep. So what happened on the gathering, though, which was very interesting, a little side story, is when I was a little girl, I used to, when I would get scared in the night, I would go into my mom's room, and I would lay at the end of her bed when she was sleeping and just lay there, right? Because I was afraid. I was scared. I needed to feel close to her. And when I was on the gathering, this whole revelation of comfort, um, I was in my room by myself. It's quite interesting what Father was doing, that Jody couldn't come. And I think I definitely wanted him there with me. I really wish he could have been with me, but I think part of it is he wanted me to be alone in my room, not knowing anyone at this event. A few people that came and went, but not knowing anyone. So I'm laying in my room, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden, I wake up in the night, and I feel like someone else is in the room with me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? So I turn the light on, 
and I'm looking around like, you know, who's, who came into my room, and there was obviously no one there. So I turned the light off and I lay down, and all of a sudden I remember being a little girl and coming in to be comforted by my mom when I was afraid in the night. And all of a sudden when I turned the lights off, I realized the experience that I was having was that tangible experience of God. And he was coming like a mother. He was coming like a mother to her child, because that's what he does, like a mother hen, I will comfort you. And he came to me and he said, can I comfort you? And what's funny about that memory is I hadn't thought about it for decades. And he reminded me, I'm going to come and this is what I want to do. And so I just did. Every night I just did. Every night, I, even one night I laid at the end of my bed, but it was a single bed, so it was kind of like, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to physically, you know, say yes. You know, like that Ezekiel moment where Ezekiel does things, you know. But say, so this is happening, and I just kind of want to land the plane here. So in the letting go, I've realized the whole reason why for almost two years, even prior, four or five months prior, I realized in the letting go, the reason why he wanted me to do that is he just wanted me to return to trust. I realized that God wanted me to come to him let things go, let go of the approval that was still in me. Some of it had gone, but there was still a little bit of it. And he wanted me to come and he wanted me to trust him. He wanted my foundation to be trust. Right? And it's funny how God worked all of this out because my mom came back again to visit me. And in our garden of all the dead things that I had, does anyone know what a gourd is? Yeah, so you make birdhouses out of it. Well, I thought I'll make birdhouses, which we only did like one or two, and then what was left in the garden was like, this, a gourd seed will produce so many gourds, if you know anything about gardening. There was like a hundred of them in my garden, dead, but you, you have to let them die to paint them. Anyway, so I told my mom, my garden is a mess, and I told her that I hadn't wanted to touch it, and it was way beyond time, so we're sitting there one morning at the table, and she looks at me, and she said, would you like if I went with you into the garden and helped you clean up your mess? And I said, yes, please. So she came with me into the garden, and we walked up, and there was all these gourds, but I still didn't have it in me to do anything. I still didn't want to. And I said, oh. and she said, don't worry, why don't... Why don't you just sit, stand here by the fence, and I'll do it. And I said, okay. So she went into the garden, and she started to pick up gourds. And you can tell the ones that have rotted, the ones that are no good. But then there are some that are good. And my mom said, okay, let us go through. And she would shake them, and if they fall apart or fell apart, she would throw them in a pile, and she'd say, those are no good. We're not using those anymore. They're gone. We'll have Jody come and get them. And then she grabbed the ones that were good. Were not that many. It was probably 70% bad and maybe 20%, 30% good. And she said, but these are good. So let me help you divide these. And you can just watch me do it, and I'm here with you. And I thought, wow. I see what you're saying, God. I see what you're saying to me, right? My mom had come to help me sort out the things that were hard just so I could have the ability just to see the good in it. Because that's what God does, right? He wants you to stay, look forward to the good, right? That's what he wants to do. And then what happens when you let go, what I love about letting go is when you finally let go of something, you then get to step into the new. And when you step into the new, the new thing. You don't even want to look back at the old thing. Or when you do look back at the old thing, you turn around and, oh my gosh, it looks completely different. Right? And I felt like, thinking of you here, I felt like God was saying, okay, I'm coming to comfort you. I want you to let go of some things. 
And when you let go of them, you're going to look back and they're going to look completely different. Your, the heart issues will not be there that were there before. And then we can step into the new thing I have for you. Right? You know, my, my great aunt, and I just want to um, end on this note. My great aunt came, and we were sitting on the porch and um, just having a coffee together. And on my porch were dead flowers that had died, and it's just the f everything was dead. <laughs> everything was dead. <laughs> so these dead flowers in the pots. And she sits down and she says, um, let me tell you, if you could meet her, I wish I could have brought her. You'll s if you don't meet her now, you will meet her in eternity. But if you were to meet her, her eyes are so blue, light blue, it's like looking in glass. They're so beautiful. She's so amazing. And so what happened is she was looking at me with these blue eyes, right? And she says, would you like me to show you how to de-seed a flower? And I said, yes, because I'd never done that. So she grabs the flower. And the way that you de-seed a flower is there's lots of dead petals. There's the bud is dead. And you kind of have to, very gently, she took it. And you have to start removing all the dead things very carefully, because you could remove the seed. So very gently, she came in. And she started to remove all these things. And then she grabbed the seed. And I was like, wow. I mean, there must have been 80% dead. 90% dead, and the rest was that little seed. And I thought, all that dead stuff is around the seed? And she said, yes, all of the dead stuff is around the seed, right? Well, then, then what happened, she looked at me, and it was the most beautiful thing. She, she handed me the seed, and she said, Shannon, you know what's wonderful about the seed? And I said, what's that? And she said, you can plant it whenever you want to. If you want to wait a year to plant that seed, you can plant it. If you don't want to plant it, you don't have to. But you can do whatever you want with your little seed. And I just thought, wow, the freedom in that, right? And it's so funny because that year my garden looked different. There were no vegetables in my garden that year. I planted nothing. I went to the grocery store to get my vegetables. But on the side of our house, I planted wildflowers with weeds in them and everything. And we had a huge, huge, huge garden of just flowers that I could pick and put in my house. I didn't even prune them. <laughs> so I'd have to prune them after I picked them. And so. Look, Caleb. And so I had to, so I had to prune. I had, I didn't have to prune the flowers. I didn't have to do anything. And that's what my garden looked like. Nothing like what it looked like before. Hmm. Yeah, I love what Denise Jordan says. And I want to, I was thinking about this quote this morning. I want to finish on this note. She says this. She says, the love of God has no point. The love of God has no point. Love itself is the point. The love of God has no point. It is love itself that is the point. That is why he created us. He, he wanted a family. He created Adam and Eve because he wanted a family. Father, Son, and Spirit wanted a family. He wanted to live with us as a family. We are his children, and he wants us to be a part of his family. And he wants us to be in the fullness of that love, in the fullness of family. And I, and I just want, I want to pray and have a time to respond, but I feel like today he's inviting you to have an opportunity to let go of the things, and I really believe that Holy Spirit has been going around the room and pointing out in your heart those things. Little things, big things, work, family, children, maybe the way that I parented my children, maybe the way my mother spoke to me and I'm still very angry at her, maybe the choices I make, maybe the bad choices, maybe the decisions I made, 
whatever that is, he's come. Maybe the way that someone talked to me. Maybe the way that my spouse treated me two days ago. I'm not talking about just big events. I'm talking about in the moment he wants to come and he wants to invite you to have an opportunity to let it go. And I'm not saying that you will come to a resolution here this morning in 10 minutes. <laughs> Out of experience, you will not. But it's just what, where your, how your heart is postured to say yes. And I believe that Father wants to do that this morning. I do. So I would love, can you play, Jane? Every time Jane plays, I just come alive. <laughs> I do. My heart is just loves it. I loves when she when she does instrumental. That's another plus on the A school. During soaking, you get to hear the wonderful Jane at times just play while you rest. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'd like to just pray for you if you will. However you pray, eyes open, eyes closed, it doesn't bother me. Whatever you want to do, you be you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so thank you, Father. I, I just thank you that you love to, you love death and resurrection. And, and you love us. And, and you want to come this morning in your tenderness, like Roger said. In your tenderness, you want to come and you have an invitation for all of us, even me still, to make a choice of what is my personal ministry with you going to look like? I have a point in my ministry where I thought it was one thing, and when I say ministry, I mean your life, that I thought it was one thing, but actually it is not. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you right now that your comforting love, the pathway of who you are, is here thank you father that your love is pouring into every single person's heart in this room thank you father you're so sweet thank you father Thank you that you've come very gently to help us take our boots off, to sit in the places of our heart and just maybe talk about things like relationships. Maybe children who have not walked in the way that we thought they would walk or done the things that they've done, the disappointments of that or maybe the disappointments in family. Father, that's why you're here. Maybe the disappointments in life decisions. Maybe the disappointments in the way that we handled something and we thought our life would look one way and it doesn't look that way. Father, and you are here to love us, like Caleb said. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we are your little children, and we can trust, we can trust you like Caleb trusts his mom and his dad. release a grace over you to not be so hard on yourselves I just release a grace a grace because he sees you differently than possibly the way that you look at yourself so I just thank you for a grace that's being released into this room a grace and a 
revelation of love. And I believe over the next week, he's really going to show you whether it's in the night, in your dreams, or in those quiet moments, he's gonna show you exactly what it is. So if you feel like you're not quite sure, or maybe this is it, don't worry. He will come, <laughs> I promise you. He will come. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Shannon.
you. 